done. I mean, I'm done. I mean, I quit the inner circle. And welcome everyone to Sean Wolf's Wrestling Wrap-Up. That was a great segment over there. I'll elaborate more on that as I jump into my top three right now. Uh, number three is the False Count Anywhere match between AEW World Champion Kenny Omega and Kenta from New Japan Pro Wrestling as they took on IWGP United States Champion John Moxley and Lance Archer. When this match was pretty much booked last week, I just knew where it was going. There were so many other guys that Moxley could have teamed with from Ray Phoenix to Pac, you know, to talents that actually get over and, and, you know, don't need to lose as much. Once I realized the murder hawk was thrown into this match, I knew from a week ago, I'm just like, uh, it'll be a, it'll be a decent match with some cool spots as usual, but, I mean, you know how it's going to end. It's going to end with the Murder Hawk taking the pin. And exactly what I thought happened. Murder Hawk, yeah, sure, the Good Brothers came out. And people are some people who are just those types that are like only into like, oh, got to always cheer on the good guy. Got to always boo the bad guy. It's like, oh, no, that's cheating. It's like, no, no, sorry. It's like, doesn't matter. Murder Hawk, when he was a heel and was the one that would cheat here and there, he lost Moxley and Cody clean. Now he's turned face, and he's losing to everyone by them cheating. It doesn't matter. Like, you're just always losing. How can you take someone serious as a monster when they're always losing? It's like, nothing wrong with losing guys to smaller than you in stature if they're, like, top stars or, you know, they're fighting from under. It's like the underdog story, David and Goliath. But it's like, this guy just loses all the time. Like, I can't even get excited when he's in a match. This match was all right, but I, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't as invested because of that. So, yeah, th that's me putting it in the top three out of respect for the, you know, the one-winged angel pinned by Kenny Omega and for how, like, interesting the whole Bullet Club, Club stuff has been. So, yeah, that's ramming in at number three. You would expect a match like this should be number one, but it's just like, nah, the, they just had one participant that just didn't belong. Then now to jump into my number two, as you can hear in the background a little bit, it's Pac defeating Ryan Nemeth. Ryan Nemeth is the brother of WWE superstar and current tag team champion on SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, one thing they have in common besides the way they look and they act is they're both great sellers. Uh, Ryan did a hell of a job of selling all Pac's moves. I like the fact that Pac got, Pac got a match to really showcase all his incredible moves in his arsenal, all the, the crazy kicks he does. I think it's it's good to see him on his winning ways. He's definitely someone that can main event a pay-per-view, uh, also can challenge for the secondary titles too. He's someone I feel here eventually needs to be a world, not only a world champion, but someone that's been like a Grand Slam winner that's held all the gold. So, so far, uh, I'm, I'm liking his booking again. I like him as a face. He's not a kiss-ass baby face. He's, you know... That badass, I'll take on anyone type guy. And yeah, got to give credit to Ryan for his selling. And, and slowly, I feel he's working his way up. He's proven himself now. Even though, even in a loss, just like his brother, he gives a good performance. So, you know, power to that. And my number one pick for AEW this week was the segment where, well, first of all, you had Chris Jericho and MGF defeat the acclaimed in a tag, tag match. And then after the matches they were celebrating, Sammy Guevara comes out. And everyone's kind of shocked because he didn't come out with them from the start. 
As I elaborated on, elaborated on earlier, he had a segment, uh, he had an issue with MGF. It started off earlier in the show where he accused MGF of trying to take over the group and break up Inner Circle. He figured out a long time ago what MGF was trying to do. And then MGF tried to switch it on him and, and, you know, accuse him of the same thing. But Sammy was just too smart for it. He just sarcastically said, yeah, of course, I hate Jericho and I'm trying to take it over. And then MGF revealed his cards that he had been intentionally, that he had been taping the conversation. Obviously, knowing that Sammy would flip, took his phone, smashed it, punched him in the stomach and took off. And then MGF obviously went on. He complained to Jericho about it as Jericho uh, gets on Sammy's case after this match when Sammy comes out. Sammy pretty much tells him, I told you back in December, if I had one more issue happened between you and me or me and MJF, I was out of here. Like, I'm done. Jericho, as you heard, asks him, like, what do you mean you're done? Like, like what are you talking about? He just, it's almost like he knows, but he doesn't know. It's like, no, it couldn't be this, you know? And then Sammy reveals, like, I'm done. I'm out. I quit the inner circle. And he just takes off to the back. You could see how upset Jericho is about the, this. MJF, you know, he's slowly getting his way, as you can see. And then next week, the Young Bucks are taking on LAX, as I still call them, but Proud and Powerful, Hort, Kent, weird name, uh, Santana and Ortiz from the inner circle for the tag titles. Now I'm thinking there's many routes this could go. So far, Sammy quit the inner circle. Are they next? Is MJF going to now find a way to make them lose the tag title match or somehow blame Chris Jericho for it? And where they take off? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Or, because, you know, more than likely they're not going to win. I don't think the Bucks are dropping the titles anytime soon. Or is it going to be where they lose the match, they stay in the inner circle, but MJF pretty much convinces them that it's all Jericho's fault and leads to him and the rest of the group jumping Jericho down the road and Sammy Guevara makes the save and Los Ex Gods reunite and they, you know, they take on the... Uh, whatever MJF calls them, if they stay as the inner circle, but it would be Jericho and Samia's faces taking them on. The latter is what I prefer, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, I could really see uh, Santana and Ortiz getting cost the match next week and then leaving the inner circle because of something that MJF or Jericho did by accident. Well, time will tell. I have four fractures in my arm. Four fractures. And I'm a lefty and a well-known power walker. I swing my arms when I walk, and now I can't swing my arm because it hurts, so now I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, and we all know how I feel about wheels, so all of this is just bad. Now, ladies and gents, that was an, a hilarious segment with Jar Johnny Gargano, the North American champion, and his group, The Way. He's trying to weasel his way out of his title defense, at TakeOver Vengeance this Sunday against Kushida. So he fakes an arm injury. Regal comes out and obviously calls him out on it. He's too smart. They look over at the, the x-rays that he presents. And Regal's like, well, first of all, it says R there for this. That's the right arm. And Gargano's pretty much, no, the R there stands for real. And that's my x-ray because it says John Gargano. And it's just like he's trying to, you know, Get Weasel's way out of it. Regal's catching on. Then finally, Regal's like, you know what? There's only two options here for you, if this is true. It's like you're either going to forfeit your title or in tonight's match with Kushida versus Austin Theory from your group, The Way, 
it'll be for the it'll be for the vacant championship. So Regal then asks, "What do you think, Kushida?" And Kushida's already snuck his way into the ring. He waffles Theory, knocks him out of the ring, grabs the title off Gargano. Well, goes for it. They have a little bit of a tug of war, where he lets Johnny Boy win it, and then that's when you realize that he's caught. <laughs> his his uh, he has it in his left arm, and he's holding the title like he he got his belt he got his belt back. And then Kushida goes on to kick his ass. The match is on. Just just a great segment. Johnny Gargano and Sami Zayn are two of the guys, the two top guys who were such great faces, baby faces in wrestling, where I never thought they could really fit in as heels. I I, I knew they could probably pull it off because they're good at everything. But I didn't think that I'd ever be, be thinking to myself, like, wow, they're even better heels than they were baby faces. Like, they're just the best in this role. So funny, so entertaining. It's just, I, I'm glad they turned heel. I never thought they'd be this good, but I guess sometimes the best uh, baby faces make the best heels, and the best heels are the ones that the fans start to respect that turn into great baby faces. So the logic always seems to make sense on that one. Just what, a hilarious segment. If you haven't watched the whole show or you watched parts of it on YouTube, I definitely recommend watching this whole segment. I've watched it a couple times. I've laughed each time. So that's, yeah, that's my number three right there. Is Sometimes I find myself with NXT, the segments are always in my top three because they're so damn good. And then on top of it, the matches are great. So I'm just kind of like, sometimes I feel like I should do ties, but I try not to do ties. I just rather just make a, a judgment call and just put one in the slot. I've got, this definitely has to be in top three. Uh, I kind of wanted to move it higher, but I don't. I, <laughs> well, you'll see why I can't move this higher because this is a very uh, heavy segment based show and mixed in there with a lot of tag matches. Uh, I get why they're doing the tag matches because the Dusty Rhodes classic for the women and the men. But this week I found myself really enjoying the in-ring segments and the backstage segments more out of the whole show. For me at number two, oh, I don't really ever like Tommaso Ciampa losing. And I'm a big fan of his team with uh, his tag team with Timothy Thatcher. But this week when they lost to the Grizzled Young Vets, it made sense. Tommaso's not a tag team guy anymore. He's pretty much the man when it comes to NXT and baby faces. And, you know, they, they hit him with a couple of tag team tandem moves. And this is a team that was in the finals last year in the Dusty Rhodes Classic in a losing effort. So this year, I guess it makes sense for them to not only to make it to the finals again, but to uh, take the trophy. They'll be facing MSK, formerly known as the Rascals in Impact Wrestling. They've made a name for themselves already in NXT by jumping all the way to the finals in very impressive fashion. They're new, so I don't think they need this win that much. They don't need to be the Dusty Rhodes Classic winners. Plus, with the history and the legacy of Dusty Rhodes, I think it needs to be a tag team that's been around a bit. Or it would have made sense for you know, a singles wrestler like Tommaso Ciampa, who's been around NXT for like the past five, six years, and actually knew Dusty Rhodes and it was like tight with him. But yeah, Grizzle Young Vets, it's cool that they're giving it to a tag team when I think about it, when I thought about it more, instead of just two singles that are paired together. Love the pairing of Champa and Thatcher, but yeah, I, 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 I can't hate the booking on this one. Can't, I gotta be, you know, I can't always be uh, biased when it comes to my favorites. So I'm being unbiased here. Going with the logic makes total sense. That's my number two. And number one is also segment-based, but it's a couple of segments joined together in the current feud between one of the most incredible in-ring performers and a fucking really intelligent promo, Santos Escobar, the current cruiserweight champion, 
and his feud with Karrion Cross, the former NXT champion who never lost his title. They're wrapped up in this feud that has me really interested in. Uh, I like the fact that because of their feud in Lucha Underground, and I guess the chemistry they had there, that NXT has decided to book them that way. Triple H obviously has probably done his research and knows how well these two work together. I mean, they haven't even... They've only like been face to face once, and that was last week. And this feud is already like one of the best things they've done in like a short two to three week span. Like right now, I'm thinking Karrion Cross is going to take it, but you never know if Karrion somehow this Sunday attacks Finn Balor after his title defense with Pete Dunne, or if Pete Dunne retains, or if he even cost Finn the match. For all you know, there could be some way where somebody costs him against Escobar. But the way I see it is. Escobar has been on a roll. He doesn't look bad losing to Karrion, and Karrion would have more momentum as he goes on to reclaim his NXT championship. I loved how Legado, Legado del Fantasma lost earlier in the night in the semifinals to MSK, and when they came backstage to apologize to Escobar, Escobar said, don't apologize. I never apologize. That's admitting weakness. You guys want to make it up to me? You go take out Cross, and you make sure he doesn't make it to next week. Later on, you see them laid out. They've got their asses kicked. Don't know if Cross got the jump on them or if they got the jump on him and he just messed them up. But the way it was done was they were laid out, carrying very intensely cuts a promo, telling Escobar, have you heard that old saying? If you want something done right, do it yourself, because that's what I did. Very intense. I, I, I love the promo work on both guys. I don't know where this feud's going to go. It, this, it seems like it's a one-off for now. But I would not be opposed to this uh, being resumed in the future. Maybe at a point where Santos drops the Cruiserweight title eventually, crosses your, becomes your NXT champion, and they could revisit this feud. Because I think Escobar definitely deserves to be a future world champion. I'd love to see him eventually be the NXT world champion, and I also think he could be a WWE or Universal champion. I think he's even better on the mic and better in the ring than Alberto Del Rio. Aside from Del Rio's... Uh, personal issues on the outside of the wrestling business doesn't matter he was a you know a decent promo and good in the ring had a great character but i think escobar escobar not only has already surpassed that in terms of character and matches but i think he will surpass uh, del rio in terms of his career i'd love to see a feud with him and ray mysterio even down the line having him take on dominic i mean he's a veteran and dominic will you know eventually i believe he's going to be called prince mysterio i think they could have some great matches together Dominic's already proven his how good he is. On top of things, he won the PWI Rookie of the Year last year. When the, I just uh, found out about that maybe two weeks ago. And he won that award by a whopping 54%. He dominated. That shows how much fans don't look at it as just like, oh, he's getting pushed because of Ray, or oh, he made it, he, he skipped NXT because that's like, no, it made sense for him to be alongside his dad on either Raw or SmackDown, which he was. He's put in the work, taken beatings from people like Brock Lesnar, for example, and Baron Corbin. Scored a win on, on Corbin, thanks to Rey Mysterio, his father, which made sense. Had a great match at SummerSlam with Seth Rollins. He's impressed the boss. He's impressed the fans. He's impressed his colleagues. So I think, like, these two could be a really good feud down the road. And when I say down the road, I'm talking, like, give it a good two, three years. Let Escobar uh, establish himself more and more in WWE and let Dominic get a few... Uh, few good feuds under his belt and maybe a singles title like an ic or even a u.s title fucking even a tag team title with his dad which could turn into a feud where he you know he eventually beats his father i think there's so many routes for these guys to go but i definitely see that being a big time feud in uh, the next couple of years
So that's my number one. Now, right now, as far as it stands in the battle between NXT and AEW, it is 3-2. And this week, I've got to give the nod to NXT. So they take the 4-2 lead. I just... The seg segments were great. The, the tag team matches, which I haven't even got into, where Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon went on to defeat Indie Wrestling and Candice LeRae. That match was a little botchy at some points. I noticed, uh, I don't feel those women meshed as too well together, but I like the fact that the right team won. Uh, MSK had a great match with Legato Del Fantasma. As I said, my number two with Champa and Thatcher losing to the Grizzle Young Vets. Uh, this match had solid tag matches, really interesting uh, segments, both backstage and in the ring. AEW, I just can't give the nod this week. Uh, a main event supposed to hook you. A main event supposed to be the thing you're looking forward to. And like I said, when I knew Murderhawk was in the match, I knew he was taking the taking the L for his team. So yeah, uh, sorry, NXT jumps up on a 4-2 lead. Thanks, everybody. Hope you guys are enjoying your weekend.